This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Part-Time Outdoors Podcast. Hosted by Matt Noss and Nate Wright. Welcome back to Part-Time Outdoors. Uh, we got Nate back in the saddle. I'm your co-host, Matt Noss. And uh, Nate, it's good to have you back. It's glad to be back. Um, it's good to be back. Um, but uh, as far as being in the saddle, uh, we're about there to be right being in the saddle. I mean, at least I know I am. I know you're not going to be talking trash on my saddle uh, hunting here coming up. Hey, I've been cutting trees. I got a I got a logger saddle. Yeah, you went the uh, full spectrum saddle. That's for sure. I'm just trying to knock down trees, get that grouse habitat back. Basically, the OGs of the saddles. Um, so what, uh, Matt? What do you got going on here recently? Uh, what you been doing with in the, in the regular life? Uh, a little bit tired. I had a baby. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Everything uh, is looking good. So excited with that. We got a future bird hunter. Of course, and I'm sure Leanne'd be okay with that. Yeah, well, we're happy with her tax write-off. She's she's doing great. Yep, no doubt. <laughs> I'd feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I uh, I just got back from Indiana last night. Um, me and old the old man uh, went and checked some cams, set some cell cams. Uh, it was an overall good trip. We were there probably there just as long as it takes us to drive there and back. But you know, make it a quick trip and. Uh, won't be back till November. Anything on your side as far as hunting going on right now? No. Did you put your new cams out? Yeah. Oh. So I got the cell cam set. Can't, uh, can't hide big money. Oh, yeah. Here we go. You know. Um, but uh, who do we got coming on here today, Matt? Today we got Eric Bird, and I'm excited for this episode. Uh, I've been looking at switching dog feeds for a while. Um, the dog food that I've been feeding for the past four years, you know, it's done well. Um, had a couple of downsides as far as my youngest dog didn't just didn't handle it very well as far as uh, it's getting dog acne and uh, some itching, some ear infections and stuff like that. So I've been looking around to switch and, and uh, we'll get into that on the episode um, about, you know, how I switched and how I found out about Kinetic and everything. But uh, Eric's the national channel manager at Kinetic with a focus on law enforcement officers and bird dogs and basically when i say like the law enforcement officers um like uh working dogs so you know military dogs um, drug detection dogs like um, not just recreation yeah but i mean kinetic's great for that too yeah um, they they really they really focus on everything but um that the working dog is is what i was interested in as far as bird dogs and, and all that. So I think that anyone that's in the market for looking for new food or possibly switching or might be, have a little bit of problems um, at home that you may not connect to nutrition, which I honestly, I didn't. I, I really never connected it to nutrition. Um, it This will be a good episode for you. And okay. I, I didn't know that the how in-depth we were going to go. <laughs> 
but I'm glad we did go that in depth because I really did learn a lot in that episode. Yeah, I mean, literally the knowledge that this guy is about to bring everybody here on this episode, it's unreal. Um, I know Matt was probably a little bit more educated because he looks into that for his dogs, um, you know. But just the simple things of like, you know, shedding, you know, people probably don't realize that nutrition is, you know, important for your dogs to like not shed as much. And then obviously the digestive side, um, you know, so this is a good one. You know, if people just want to listen and be like, oh, you know, you might learn something here or maybe just convince you to change the dog food for your dog. Yep, I'm really impressed with what I've seen so far in full transparency. It's been a, a, just a few weeks that we've been feeding it. Uh, we haven't went through a hunting season yet, so I'm, I'm really anticipating a good hunting season. Uh, but I, I will touch base and you know make posts and let everyone know how how we do throughout the hunting season as far as nutrition goes. Um, but I'm I'm really excited with what I've seen so far and the progress I've seen so far. So you know, there's also a few other things that we do touch base on quickly is uh, some supplements that they do offer. Um, you know, some hydration, some keep keeping the weight on your dog, so forth, maybe through hunting season. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and give uh, Eric a call here and uh, get him here, get him on. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. Hey, Eric. What's up, buddy? I'm doing all right. How are you today? All doing good. You got uh, me here and you got our my co-host, Nate, here. Um, we both run this show together. Uh, it's good talking to you and appreciate you coming on, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good, Nate. How are you, sir? Oh, not too bad. It's glad to glad to be back here with Matt. Here we uh, there was a few episodes we didn't get together, but now we're uh, getting our schedules lined back up and excited to get on here. Send four. Well, yeah. uh, no, I'm excited that you guys are interested in about kinetic, and you know I think we do a lot of things really, really well and can transform some dogs' lives. So I'm I'm excited to uh, have the opportunity to to be on your show and. Uh, tell everybody a little bit more about the dog food so we're definitely interested in learning about it um so i'll just kind of tell everyone the way i found out about it uh one of my co-workers husbands um has a drug detection dog and he was at a canine conference in pittsburgh and basically got his mind changed up there on switching over and i'd i'd been looking for a while at, at possibly transferring over to another food um i've been I had been feeding uh, Purina Pro Plan, which uh, don't get me wrong, it's it's done great for the past uh, four years with one dog. But my other dog, um, he always had like infection in his ears and um, some dog acne and some itching and things like that. Um, so I kind of been in the market just to kind of look around and see what else was out there. And uh, she had, had told me that the, the dog had been on the food for a few weeks and she was already telling like a, a good improvement in the coat and everything. And so it kind of got me interested. And uh, I've been feeding it for now for about probably two and a half weeks, and um, I'm impressed with it. My uh, my dog's coat's already starting to look really better, which was the most noticeable thing. Um, the the shine on the coat, I'm not sure what it is that, that does that, but their their shine is great. And it, it seems like I just noticed over the past couple of days the acne on the top of his head's really going down too. So um, if it was something as simple as just a quick food switch, then I'll be super happy with that but that's how we found out about kinetic and uh if you just want to tell us eric a little bit about kinetic and um kind of i'm interested in where the name came from too um you know they just uh the owners decided that the the name was something that was uh all you know all encompassing and you know everything's connected and and kinetic is uh the energy that's put out is, is significant so that's kind of how they came with the name and they probably have a, a much different significant story than than i than i'm aware of but um you know it was just a name that they they decided to use um being that you know all things are somewhat connected and oh, yeah. the kinetic energy put out is 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 substantial and you know you were describing some things that you know as we go along in, in the in the podcast today that I really hope to uh, open the eyes of a lot of people that what you're seeing usually um, as far as allergies and issues with uh, small to big issues are usually nutritionally related and really fixing up the, the profile. What I call, you know, simplifying the profile really can do a tremendous job on, on what people sometimes seem to just live with thinking it's just their dog. But in reality, it's a nutritional deficiency that causes a lot of these issues and you know 
Uh, kinetic really stands out, you know, and and relieving you know a lot of those issues that you 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 personally have dealt with. Yeah, that was what we actually were. We actually got some medicine for him that we had been putting in his ear, and, and we just really couldn't get it to go away. And it's kind of been a, a lingering infection for a while. I mean, it was never anything real bad, but it was just like something that, you know, would bother him enough to be itching his ears. And you look in there and, and you could, we were constantly cleaning out his ears. And um, it, you're right. I mean, it really does seem like it, it might have been just that easy of a fix. And if I would have known that a year and a half ago when, when I got him, I, you know, things would have been a little different with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't realize how important the, the food is for your dog. And as far as, you know, Matt's dogs, he is, you know, he has working dogs. Um, but, you know, so tell us a little bit how you got started with Kinetic and as far as like, you know, your role in Kinetic and so forth. So I actually pretty have a pretty cool story. Um, I think it's significant because I was like everybody else. I'm a English, um, English uh, pointer, quail dog trainer, mm -hmm. um, really for my personal use. Um, I've been an avid quail hunter, wild bird hunter all my life. And so I've been, ha I've had dogs, I've been raising dogs and training dogs, you know, for a good part of my adult life. And, um, my job previously was, uh, working and supporting canine, uh, police canine teams all over the country, um, with a product that we sold for the backs of the car kennel kennels. And, um, I started going to all these canine conferences. So as I'm at these conferences, I see all the major players in the dog food industry and, so I started asking myself, well, what makes dog food different? What's different between the $26 a bag and the $105 a bag? I mean, there's got to be something different um, about that, about the food. And as I started asking questions um, to all the players, I mean, Purina, Yukonuba, Royal Canaan, Diamond, you know, across the board, you know, I just sit down with the, whoever was at those shows and say, hey, tell me why is your food better than this? What can we do? You know, how am I, how can I increase or benefit from, from your food that obviously I would be paying more for one, what I was paying at the time. And mm -hmm. through that process, I learned a couple of important things that's not, it's readily available. It's not something that's on the bag of dog food. And I learned that you need to understand what digestibility is. What's the rate that you died, the dogs digest the food. And then what is your meat based protein? And those were two pretty big factors um, that, everybody should understand when they're feeding their dog because they really make a tremendous difference. So as I was, you know, feeling out all these dog food companies, I met the owners of Kinetic, uh, Dave Dorson and John Howard, and really just became a relationship. You know, it, the, I believed what they wanted to do with their dog food. I believed why they built the dog food, um, specifically driven for a dog under stress, a dog that's under a lot of performance. Um, and they designed the food to work in those dogs specifically. Um, and uh, so over a couple more conferences, you know, I got to know them a little bit more on the personal side of things. And unbeknownst to them, I ordered my first two bags of Kinetic um, online. And it was kind of one of them crazy deals. Like I was buying, you know, 50 pound bag for 26 bucks. And now I just spent, bought two bags for $101. And my wife was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, she's like, Hey, this, so anyway, the results I saw in my kennel were immediate. I mean, just with stools reduction in stools was, was obviously visible. I've got a manual maneuver system, maneuver, uh, mover system. I had to go out there and shovel, you know, and I have to clean my kennels daily and, yeah. and I don't get a wash down system. I don't have a septic. So I noticed right away, like, Hey, there's not, I mean, literally cut it by three quarters. I mean, it's, it's crazy how much less stools that, that my dogs were producing because they were absorbing so much more of the food. So that was first off. Um, and then down the road, I started noticing once I got into training and got into really hunting hard, um, one dog specifically, his name was red, had pretty much low stamina runner. He was a 40 to, you know, maybe a 45 minute dog on the ground. Maybe, I mean, he'd just give up and just didn't have any any giddy up. Um, and then after being on the food, probably eight or nine months before the first hunting season, um, actually my dad was the one that pointed out, I was like, Hey, what did you, what's going on with red? You know, we've been on the ground an hour and 15 minutes and he's still going. And that was kind of that aha moment where I went, this thing is just more than me shoveling stools. 
it's it's really about these dogs being able to put the gas pedal down and there's the right kind of fuel to give that engine what it needs and it was it was really a tremendous turnaround um personally and then down the road um you know the owners kind of said hey you're, you're kind of our guy we like we like the, your person we see how you handle your business and your customers and mm-hmm. you know if we ever get an opportunity to hire you would you consider working for us and and i told them well I actually started buying your food. I've been using it now for a little while, and I love it. And, you know, it just kind of came full circle, and we finally got to a spot as a company that they could bring me on. And my wife tells me every day I'm living my best life. So, you know, I get to do bird dog stuff. I get to do police stuff, and I get to support a product that I genuinely know has changed um, my dog's life. And it's just been a game changer for for what I do as a hobby. And uh, it's cool to support something like that. So that's kind of how I got started. Absolutely. That's, that, I like that. Um, you know, you hit a lot of good points there as far as it being a well-rounded, uh, you know, dog food as far as, you know, just on the nutritional side, but also on the performance side. Um, and, you know, those are two of the most important things when we have working dogs, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're running, I mean, people forget this, and I like to say this, and, and I want it to, you know, be, really be driven home because a lot of times you see your dog as, you know, Ringo or, or, or fluffy or, you know, red or my case, chubby or Maddie or Sadie, you know, those are my dogs. And we forget that these are some of the best athletes in the world. Um, and when you, when you think about the best athletes in the world and you pick your favorite, your best sports athlete, whoever that may be, they're not eating the same way that we, eat. you know, they're, they, you know, Tom Brady, I can guarantee you is not at McDonald's. He's not running through a drive through, you know, he's, He's got a professional nutritionist that feeds him to give him what he needs daily to perform at his best. Absolutely. And these dogs, when you watch them run an agility course, you put them out there on the ground and they do eight miles an hour. You know, they are supreme athletes. And, you know, nutrition has to play a significant part in that for these dogs to perform their best. And, you know, it just makes a big difference. You know, we started feeding military teams. Um, quite a few years ago and it really it really hit home for us as a company and it's kind of a, a banner a motto that we kind of run by is you know if my dog is not feeling good on a hunt day he's not up to his peak you know endurance or he's not up to his peak feeling his best i can load him up in the dog box and go back at it another day but when you take one of these military teams doing a road clear in afghanistan or iraq and that dog's not feeling its best because he's nutritionally not healthy or is not sound. He's got a belly ache for whatever reason. You know, their lives are on the line. Yeah. And, you know, th- there's a real significance about these dogs are really doing the work to bring these men and women home every day. And uh, when we started feeding those teams, it really, you know, we didn't change anything. We didn't do anything different, but it changed our perspective of how important it is that we continue to raise this flag and teach people about nutrition um, and the importance of putting the right product in your dog to maximize that that God-given athlete that's inside of them. And, you know, I, that's really, really where we've found, a, you know, a passion and a calling for our company. Yeah, that, it's just not just a job. You know, it's not just a sport for them. It's a, their job, and they're very important to them uh, for everything to go right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I really never thought about it like that. Um, and you were talking about how your wife was, was getting on you about spending money. I actually made my wife more happy with this because, um, our, we kind of both have like roles that we define like hers was she got the dog food. Well, now that we had a baby, I was kind of transitioning into now I'll I'll pick up that job. And whenever I I switched, I started looking kind of at like prices everywhere and where I could find the best deals and stuff. And I'll just go ahead and tell our listeners now, um, there's a website called PetFlow, and the the price as it is was already a little bit better than what I was paying, but they had a, a deal. I don't know how long they'll run it for, but it was you got 10% off every order and then free shipping. Well, now that I live in the middle of nowhere, I'm getting 10% off of the lower price already, and they're bringing it right to me. I don't even have to go to the store anymore. So I was that was just icing on the cake for me. Awesome. Yeah, there's a couple different avenues, you know, obviously to, to, to get the food. I mean, we're, um, we work with a lot of local pet stores and feed stores. And if someone's feed store doesn't have it, you know, 
you know, we can definitely try to work to get it in that little, because we, you know, we want to support local business. I think it's important. You know, we deal with police departments all over the country and they're like, Hey, we've been dealing with, you know, Billy Bob's feed store for forever. And like, Hey, we want you to stay with Billy Bob's feed store. So how can we help to make sure that, you know, you're doing business there. Um, we just went into like 350 tractor supply stores yeah, actually in that. store around the country. And, and then there's other tractor supplies can order it in, or we can get those stores brought online with just a little bit of communication and, and some things there. So, um, and then you got your pet flow and you got tractor supply online and you've also got, you know, Chewy's as another source. So there's a lot of avenues to get the food and, uh, you know, we, you know, we, we growing and that's the good thing is we're growing and we're getting this product in, in people's hands, you know, much easier, but the reward is watching the, the transformation of some dogs and getting those phone calls back. Like, Hey, this, my dog is so much better, so much healthier. Um, it's just, it's just cool. Yeah, that's rewarding. As if if you could, um, just because that what interested me the most, and regardless, I the podcast was kind of a second thought. I was going to email you guys um, initially, just when I was first looking into it. As far as I was kind of looking at the ingredient labels between like some of the other brands and, and your brand, and I kind of saw you know some things were, were close to the same. It, it's hard enough for the average person to read a regular food label, much less a dog food label. So if you could just kind of get into, I'm just kind of curious, like how you guys differ, um, where kind of where the, uh, the ingredients come from. And like, just like I was talking about the, how much shinier my dog's coat is, which is important for multiple reasons, you know, protection, uh, thermoregulation, things like that. Um, like, is it like the omegas, the omega six and the omega three fatty acids that do it? Like, can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm going to take you guys on a little bit of a ingredient ride here. And, and when I get done, hopefully you'll have a lot of these questions answered and some aha, like, dang, I didn't realize that. (laughs) Um, so when you look at a label, you know, you want to look for, you know, we talked earlier about meat based protein and we talked about, um, digestibility. So those are the two really two important factors in what your outcome should be. You want a highly digestible food and you want more meat-based proteins available in that protein number than you want plant-based. You know, just like humans, dogs don't process plant-based products nearly as fast as they do meat-based. So you want a high, the highest meat-based product that you can get. Um, and Kinetic is 94% meat-based and we're 92% digestible. Um, the other way, the other version or the other way to say digestibility is your ash rate, which basically that's what you're dispensing. And that obviously is 8%. Um, so those are two different terms that you can, you can find out from your dog food company and your dog food company should supply those numbers to you by email and it should be readily available. It's just not printed on the bag. Um, so those are some numbers that, you know, anybody want to understand their dog food a little better should ask those questions, but going to some of the games that, you know, can be played in the, in the dog food labeling business. Um, the first one is everybody thinks that, uh, chicken or beef or salmon or veal or, or buffalo, or if it's written in that form. So if it's written in it's basically it's raw form, um, deboned beef, um, chicken, those products mean they're in their raw, the raw version of it. And in your ingredient listing, the first ingredient is by volume the largest. And then everything trickles down and in a descending order based on the volume that it's in the food. So if your number one ingredient is just chicken and you start out with a thousand pounds of chicken, by the time they cook it and they dehydrate it and then they grind it to what's called a meal, you're only left with about 350 pounds of actual product. So by weight, that actually falls now in the category to probably four to five on the list of, of the, of the volume. So when they start with chicken, you're really not getting as much chicken as you think. And the second ingredient is usually by far the most. So watch that. And that's something a lot of people don't realize. So what you want to see in your proteins is meals. So you want to see a chicken meal a beef meal, a beef liver meal, a salmon meal, or mahandran fish meal, um, you know, a lamb meal. 
anytime you see meals, you've already they've already done the process to remove the water, get it into what's called kibble form, which is a, like a powder, and now you're getting all of the all of that by weight, and the protein applied to it is being is in the correct place in the order. Um, so that's one of the things that they do. The other thing you got to watch out um, in the dog food industry is not having a nameable source. So you'll see poultry byproduct meal. You'll see animal fat. Um, so by nature, those are done so that any given run of a batch of dog food can really be sourced the cheapest ingredient at the time. And so literally your bag of dog food can change from batch to batch to batch. Right. Like um, turkey I, or like quail yeah, or whatever they put in. That's it. right. Yeah. Thanksgiving time, we're going to get a bunch of turkey fat. So that's what we're going to put in. And then, you know, we're going to get chicken fat when we get chicken fat. One, it makes a, it maybe a little easier for them to source the product. But how is your dog affected by Cornish hens to turkeys to, to quail or to, you know, they all are a little different. And I get people all the time, well, my dog's allergic to chicken. Well, the product label says that there's, there always can be something different than chicken. You know, you go to animal fat, you know, and that's fat is a very big source of what dogs need. They got to have it. Um, it, it, it's very effective in their, their oil sensory glands and, and then helps them in scenting conditions. So you get the right amount of fat is very important. But when you see animal fat, you know, is it pork fat, beef fat, chicken fat? You know, the variations can really be somewhat detrimental on, on some dogs' digestive systems. And I've heard across the board, you know, hey, my dog did fine. He's been fine for four months and all of a sudden he went through two bags and he's, you know, he's He's got loose stools and he's not doing well. And then all of a sudden I get the food and it feels a little different. It's not, a, it's a little more oily or it's less oily or whatever. It's got a different little shade, but now he's doing fine on it. And I think that's that built in inconsistencies um, that dog food companies are allowed to do by not having nameable sources. Yeah, that's kind um, of messed up. I mean, that, that honestly, that was one of the reasons I never had made the switch was because my dog had had such my oldest dog had such a sensitive stomach that if you, you try to switch him over to something you know he just he gets sick and wouldn't eat for a day or two and <laughs> i guess that if you had a dog like that and you were getting inconsistent ingredients that i mean that could really mess him up that's a really good point yeah so you want to look for meals any kind of protein meals and then you want to look for nameable sources of those proteins and nameable sources of fat um the other thing that we did to really get our food to work well with dogs under stress. So you, when you think about stress, it's going to manifest itself or it's going to be a, be applied uh, in a lot of different ways. So a dog in the back of a police car going to a call and he turns the lights and sirens on. Immediately that dog is spun up because he knows he's going to work. Well, they get to the call and it's not even a dog call. The, the dog sits in the car and never gets out. But that whole three to four or five minute ride, just as the adrenaline pumped up in the office or going to the call, that dog is spun up and, and applied the same way. Um, some kennel situations are a lot of stress. A dog can be kenneled up. Um, a pet being a dog being left behind, you know, left home. I got a female that really doesn't like thunderstorms. She's under stress. But when you start training these dogs and you start putting applying work to them, that's a whole nother level of stress in its own. You, you know, you put these dogs on the ground and you say, Hey, we're going to go for an hour run and you're going to do eight and a half miles. Um, and then my dogs will do that three times in a day. So they may do 20, 25 miles in a, in a day's hunt. Um, that's a tremendous amount of stress. And so by removing some ingredients that can cause digestive issues in those stressful moments, um, you really have a better stool, you get better outcome and you get better digestibility. So, what we what what we've done is we moved the corn, um, the soy, the wheat, most, all your hard barley's, oatmeal's, um, any of those hard starches, um, mass-produced um, grains, um, are all problematic for a dog that's under a lot of stress. And you were talking about um, we were talking about allergies earlier and how you're seeing some things clear up um, with the acne and some things like that shedding is when you remove those, you know, those grains that have been produced in, in mass quantities, most of those grains, most every food grade corn, not like sweet corn that you get for yourself at the produce stand, but most feed grade corn is all genetic, has all been genetically modified. Um, 
it may be corn number 171 or corn 235 or whatever the number of that corn is that makes it a little more better for arid conditions, maybe a little bit for wet. We're trying to get one more ear on the cob. Um, this one's a little more sustainable to clay dirt. This one's more sustainable to the sandy dirt. But every time you modify that corn, you know, how is your dog affected by that? And so when you get all these vats of different corn from everywhere all over the country for dog food, you know, each one of those genetically modified versions can affect a dog differently. And it's done with wheat, soy, it's done with, you know, corn, obviously. And so by looking for your carbohydrate, that's one easily digestible that can be applied to the gas pedal. And you want one that's, you know, a little bit more what they call an ancient grain, not grown um, in such a, a way that's been genetically modified to the point where it almost is hard to tell that it's corn anymore. So you want to look for brown rices, brewer's rice, um, sorghum. Um, those are all highly digestible and, um, you know, carbohydrates turn to energy pretty quick when they're digested. Um, and so that'll raise your digestibility rate and it raises the energy level pretty significantly, pretty quickly. Um, so the, the byproduct of cleaning that diet was fixing a ton of allergies. And I'm talking across the board from blowing coat, dander, um, itchy bellies, yeasty ears. I mean, it's just, I've seen everything and I've just, it just gets you so excited when a golf, uh, a gentleman calls you back in two weeks and goes, Hey, I haven't had yeasty ears in two weeks. And then he, you talk to him six months later and it's like, I haven't been back to the vet once. And I was going to the vet two or three times a month for this. Um, you get those kind of stories and you're like, yeah, it's, it's your nutrition. And it was your nutrition all the time. It wasn't, it wasn't the dog and it wasn't the conditions you were living in. It was what you were feeding it. And, uh, that's one of the, the cool byproducts. The other thing that really stands out and you talked about your dog's coat, Matt was, um, and it's at the bottom of the, uh, ingredient profile. And to me, this is one of the biggest factors in dog food in it. And it gets look, overlooked because everybody's concerned about protein and fat. How much protein, how much fat? But at the bottom of every, every listing is the trace minerals. And there is two versions of those minerals. One is chelated and pronated minerals, and the other is sulfated and sulfided minerals. Those are inorganic. You got inorganic and you got organic. Inorganic is sulfate and sulfided. Organics would be um, chelated and pronated. The chelated and pronated process is where they bond the carbon to that. And as soon as it hits the gut wall, it's easily digested, gets right into the bloodstream. And when that mineral quits traveling through the blood, it ends up at the ends of the hair. So where you see calcium chloride or potassium chloride, those are, those are in the hard version. If, if you see a zinc sulfate, a ferrous sulfate, those are in the hard version of that mineral. And the dog's digestive system isn't long enough for that mineral to break down fast enough for them to use all of it. Uh, I'm not saying they not get some of it. They get some, but it's just not getting so, the amount that they need to be at their peak um, performance or peak condition. So when you see, you want to look for chelated and pronated minerals. And kind of if your listeners are kind of not sure exactly where I'm going with this, here's I, I tell the story because then people can see a word picture that makes it you know understandable. If you ever take granulated fertilizer, and you may buy it, which I'm sure it's gone way up now, but a bag of 10-10-10, let's say, maybe $14. You buy a 40-pound bag, and you spread it on your yard. Mm -hmm. And as you're spreading it, hand-spreading it out in the yard, some of it hits the driveway. And that little pebble of, of granulated gar uh, garlic, that granulated um, mineral, will sit out there on that driveway sometimes a day, sometimes two days, if you don't get a rain or, you know, it just may sit there. And eventually it dissolves and it goes away. But if you buy that liquid version of that fertilizer, already it's in a broken down state. It's already in the organic state. When you apply that, it's going right to the grass. The grass will green up um, pretty quickly. But that fertilizer is going to cost you three or four times more than the granulated. And that's the difference. My grass, it doesn't matter how long it sits in the yard before my grass actually absorbs the mineral to use and turn it green. It, it could stay out there a week. It really it's not a big deal to me. But your dog doesn't have a week. Um, your dog needs to apply those minerals before his next bowel movement, and he's not able to do that if it, those those minerals aren't um, chelated or pronated minerals. So look at the bottom of your bag, 
check out those minerals and, and just be aware that, you know, there's two versions. One's more expensive, one's less expensive. And uh, you, you want to run the highest level of those minerals you can. Um, we work with a company named Alltech. Um, they're out of Kentucky. It's actually a, a, Nash, a worldwide company, but Alltech makes our mineral pack. It's a, it's a locked-in formula that we've designed and developed with their scientists there um, to work and to uh, make these sporting and working dogs, you know, the best they can be. And, and honestly, we've achieved something that's really transformational in the way dogs look and feel. Um, you're, you were talking about your dog's coat. You, you'll be able to rub that dog and it's going to be like, you know, rubbing a window with a cotton glove. You know, it's just going to be slick and smooth and it, it really makes a, a huge difference. I mean, it's not the omega-3s and the fats. I mean, those things are important, but when those trace minerals get into the hair, um, it, it's just amazing. I mean, we've seen dogs completely change colors, especially some of your longer haired dogs, shepherds, Malinois, um, sheep dogs, some of those, some of those longer haired dogs literally will change color from the minerals now being applied. They'll tip out, get nice black flaking. Almost like you took your wife to the hair salon and she put highlights and lowlights in. <laughs> Don't give <laughs> her know? any ideas. Yeah, it's really, it's <laughs> amazing what'll happen. And, you know, we, we like doing before and after pictures and some of them in one bag of food can be pretty significant, you know, changes. So does that have anything to do with, uh, the shedding as well? I have noticed my dog's shedding's got a lot, a, a little bit better, but I don't know if that's maybe seasonal, um, <laughs> with, with the improvement in the coat, does that affect the shedding at all? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. So two things there, um, shedding, one shedding is natural. So a, a, a normal amount of shedding is, is absolutely, um, is it, it's, it's natural. So there's nothing wrong with shedding. But what you get is excessive shedding, and then you get what we call blowing coat. And blowing coat is where they can't even hang on to it all. Not that they're, you see, well, sometimes you actually do see patches of hair missing, but yeah, when you they, rub that dog and you that. feel like your hand is covered in hair or you're getting hairballs coming off, that is usually related to nutrition. It's either a, a, sort of an allergic or an allergy reaction to one of the starches or carbohydrates mostly or it's it's not applying all the 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 key the minerals and the trace vitamins they're not getting all that and it's not making that hair you know hang on and be all that can be so it's a combination of both of them um and i think that's why we have such a high success rate on in dealing with dogs with excessive shedding um cool story this happened uh actually last thursday um my best friend from high school he's a a fire chief down in uh, Pinellas Park, Florida. He's got two cur dogs. They're house dogs. He rescued them. This wonderful the pets, love wonderful dogs. But they were shedding so bad. And I was like, Keith, I mean, the dog ran by me and I grabbed, I petted its back and it was like hair covered my whole palm. He's like, yeah, these, they shed so bad. Don't touch them. I know the hair's going to be aware. Well, I'm sitting on his couch and there's hair everywhere. <laughs> and I said, Keith, I, I think we can fix this. He goes, yeah. I said, no, seriously, I think we can fix it. I said, let me send you a bag of food. So I sent him a bag of food. He gets the food. He calls me Thursday, uh, last Thursday. And he goes, Eric, he goes, you won't believe the shedding is, the shedding stopped. He goes, these dogs are not shedding anymore. And he goes, I thought this would take four or five weeks. He said, I've been feeding your food four days. And the shedding is, if I rub their back, I may get two or three hairs on my hand. Not literally every time you stroke this dog, you would get a, a row of hair. I'm talking about just caked over your hand. He goes, I, I can't believe it. And, you know, he was feeding, you know, fairly expensive dog food. And, and you know, it, it's got a lot of things behind it. But it wasn't doing, you know, it didn't have everything that those dogs needed. And he lived with shedding because he didn't know any better. And putting the right product in that dog has completely changed his world at home. And that was four, that was less than a week ago. I got that phone call and, you know, you hear those kind of stories. So it can be fairly quick and it can take some time, but usually in the first bag of food, you should see some, some transformation, especially if your dog has got an issue. So that's awesome. Honestly, um, you know, so I have a uh, chocolate lab here. He's not as much as a working dog as uh, Matt's dogs, but we have duck hunted with him before. Um, he's, he's getting a little bit older, so he's kind of more of a house dog than anything else. Um, but you know, one of the things that, you know, stands out to me is you talk about the yeah. uh, yeast infection in the ears, um, and also the shedding, you know, labs, you know, they're, they shed and so forth like that. They go through their, you know, seasonal things. Um, you know, 
how would you go about, you know, switching the dog from one brand to another as far as, you know, maybe I want to switch them over to Kinetic as far as because that's one thing that stands out to me is like the ear problem as far as like when he swims, he does get issues with that. Um, and then also, you know, the shedding. So there's a recommendation. Uh, we have a recommendation and I'll kind of go over some of that um, with you. But in my dealings with, you know, hundreds of dogs across, you know, from different breeds, from different perspectives, different um, working abilities or pet ability and you know, whatever their 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 role as a dog was, the, the scenario has kind of been it's been flexible to the dog. The dog will tell you what it's what it needs and how it wants to do it in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So the recommended is, you know, kind of over a 10 day period, um, first one to three days, you want to mix 25% of the new food into the 75% of the old, and then four to six days, 50% to 50%, and then 75 to 25. And then, you know, somewhere around, you know, day eight, nine, and 10, they should be somewhere at a hundred percent. But I've seen dogs, <clears throat> my brother's beagle had licking paws. He licked, 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 just went licking crazy till he had sores. He blended the food in the bowl, kind of this formula that I, I told him to do. And the dog actually nudged out the other food and only ate the kinetic. <laughs> he did it. So he let the other food sit on the floor around the bowl. The dog didn't go back to it. So he picked the food back up, put more kinetic in the bowl, blended again. The dog did the same thing. I said, wait, the dog's telling you just, just switch the food. And he switched the food and didn't have any problems. Um, I had a, you know another guy said, oh, my dog is very picky. And he actually split the food in a bowl it blended just split one half kinetic one half the other brand and the dog ate very quickly ate the kinetic and didn't go to the other brand that he was been feeding him and left the food in the bowl a couple hours dog didn't even touch the other and so he ended up just putting kinetic in the bowl and the, and the dogs you know told him hey i just want to switch so the, the dog will tell you um I've had guys just do hard switches. I mean, if you've got a serious problem and we've seen some dogs in serious nutritional trouble, just do a hard switch. You know, if you've got a dog that's, you know, you're feeding, if you're feeding a 50 to 60 pound dog, seven or eight cups of food to keep it up, you've got a problem. That dog is not retaining. It's not, it's not absorbing and it's not getting what it needs to be healthy. Um, And we've seen some dogs like that in the working world and, you know, you need to cease what you're doing to try something else. Um, yeah, that was know, the and, next question was, he's picky. And honestly, you know, I've I've fed him different foods. And, you know, the food that I do give him, he does eat it. But he there's sometimes, if he even gets a glimpse of me, he gets a little anxiety. If he gets a glimpse of me, like, leaving the house or something, he won't eat his food. So, you know, that's the biggest thing with me as far as taste, you know, as far as probably the switch, like you said, the, you know, 25% or something along those lines. Yeah, and, you, you know, and if, and I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be as honest. I mean, I'm going to be honest and just, you know, and we are, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't feed every dog. Yeah. We just don't, you know, not every dog likes it. Not every dog may not do as well on it. Um, and that's just it. But we feed a lot of dogs really, really, really well. Um, you know, if, if there's one dog out of a hundred that, that may not work well or doesn't like kinetic, you know, that's just it. We don't feed every dog. And I don't think any company out there claims or should claim that they do because that's just not true. Um, but we are successful in, in breeds from companion pet to your, you know, the highest level dogs in America running, running around the world, protecting our, our, our soldiers, you know, um, to every hunting breed across the board from coon dogs to bird dogs to, to labs and, you know, from agility dogs to just whatever. We we feed a lot of dogs really well, and we give those dogs, your pet dog, the ability to be the best version of itself. Um, you know, and, and when you have a, a dog that feels good, you're going to see a, a dog that acts different. You know, I, I a lot of times relate it to if I go to work with a stomachache, well, I'm not one to call in. You know, I go to work. Um but I'm not my spry. I'm not the talky Eric. I'm not, you know, this or that. I'm maybe sitting in my desk hunched over, you know, but I'm there. I may be working at 50% capacity. Um, and you don't want these sporting dogs or military or police dogs working at 50% capacity. Right. Um, so you want them feeling good every day. And, and, you know, I, I know for a fact that kinetic gives these dogs the ability to, to really be, 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 be the best version of themselves and go out there and perform 
the way they want to perform. I mean, these dogs love their handlers. They want to perform for them. They want to, they want to make them happy. Um, and when they feel good, they, they really go out and are able to supply that, uh, that enjoyment and that happy face to the handlers. And it's really a cool thing to watch. So Eric, we have, um, been doing a little bit of homework and I, I talked to about, uh, three different guys that are interested in, in switching over. Um, but we had a, a little list of questions, just three, four questions that, that they had on different things. Um, so we're just going to hit you with those real quick. One of them's kind of a hot debate, but um, I'm interested to see what, what your take is on it. Um, the question would be basically, because I know that some different researches came out, but the question is basically, as far as feeding the dog, would you are you more of an advocate of a one time a day feed like feed it all at once two times three times and i say that because um basically as hunting dogs you get up in the morning if, if you're gonna go crack a dawn or, or whatever um one i mean your your food doesn't have all the fillers and everything so it and you don't get a quite a, as big of an amount because it doesn't have all that and, and it's calorie dense and has high protein and all that so you can digest it easier, but I guess the main concern would be like twisted stomachs before hunting, things like that. Uh, I'm just kind of curious what you would recommend as far as, are you a, a one day or one time a day feeder, two times a day feeder? What would be your recommendations for that? So my recommendation is really my own. It's not a scientific recommendation, but it's more of a practical look on this question. And I love going to National Geographic or one of these shows. We've watched the lion in the African plains chase down a gazelle, and they see the whole pride sitting there eating the gazelle, and everybody's happy, happy. And then, you know, the next clip is all them lions laying under a tree, and 15 gazelles walk 10 feet away from them. <laughs> when you have a hunting dog, in my opinion, I want his hunt drive to be the highest possible that it can be when I am asking him to go hunt. And if I feed him in the morning, is there a sense of satisfaction in his belly? And if that does that translate mentally to, you know, I'm kind of satisfied. Um, I, I'm not feeding my dogs the wild quail that they get, but I believe his hunt drive and his motivation is at his peak when he's not satisfied, you know, food-wise. Um, so I'm a one-time feeder. I've been that way. I've always fed that way. Um but I kind of look at it, I go, I go right to that, you know, that scenario where what, what's going on in the wild world, you know, what's going on in the animal kingdom. And we're not, we're not feeding humans, you know, we're feeding animals. And when a, when, when an animal, a hunt animal, a, an, a dog that's, you know, an animal that's, you know, prey driven, if he's satisfied, he's not going to be that eager to chase down a prey. So that's kind of my take on it. That's um, it. in my experience of seeing food being fed to different breeds, or our food being fed different breeds, you know, because it's such a high meat-based protein, it's a it's a ton of meat-based protein that you're putting in the dog's stomach. Um, and a and a point for your listeners to understand is, usually most cases you'll have to feed less than what you're currently feeding. Um, if you don't, a lot of times you'll see loose stools, and when you see that, it's a sign that they're, they're telling you that you're feeding too much. Um, so you really you can cut the food back sometimes up to 15 percent. Uh, than what you're feeding and it's not that way with every dog but th there's you usually have to feed less um even to comparable products in price range or better quality um because the digestibility is so high and there's so much meat-based protein that you you feed less um but i've had dogs that the protein was just so much they couldn't handle one feeding and the solution was to break it up into two feedings so if they were getting four cups a day feed two in the morning two at night if it was a you know, a three cup dog, give them a cup and a half in the morning, cup and a half at night. So I've seen that. I've kind of seen that in, uh, you know, different scenarios, but as far as there being a wrong or right way, I don't think I don't have an opinion on whether what's right or wrong. I just, that's my feeling on feeding, uh, once a day for me. And I, I want my dogs to, to have that, that front track. And then, you know, on the other side of that, people say, well, I feed in the morning because I want to give them the energy to sort run. But when you're feeding good quality food that's, that's digestible and it's got as much protein as what we're doing, that that dog has got that food and it's it's ready to be applied for gas from the time I feed them at five o'clock in the morning till the time I put them on the ground at say seven o'clock in the morning. Right. So I feed them at five in the afternoon, 
that that energy is still there at 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 seven o'clock in the morning. It'll last them all day till the next meeting. That's um, interesting you said that uh, because I was reading a research article a couple weeks ago. I couldn't cite it off the top of my head, but it, it actually had said I've always been a two times a day feeder, but it had actually said that, that what they found was if you feed a dog one times a day, one time a day, their longevity and health as they get older like exponentially increases and that kind of got my wheels turning and and making me think like maybe i should switch to one time a day yeah and i'm sure there's some science behind it one way or the other and i you know and i think this has been a d debated question in the dog lane for a long long time um so i'm sure there's probably uh science you know supporting both to some extent um but i i just kind of refer back to what mother nature does and in a lot of a lot of what we, you know, a lot of how I look at basically some of the ingredients in our food and some other things and why some ingredients are not good is because, you know, the, the animal kingdom, Mother Nature tells us, you know, you know, you don't see the farmer, you know, going back to some of the ingredients, you don't see the farmer with a shotgun standing over a pumpkin patch because the wolves are out there smashing all of his pumpkins, eating parts out of them, <laughs> you know, but yet we see a lot of pumpkin and dog foods, you know, I don't see, you know, the, you know, my the the coyote out there snapping all the blueberries off a blueberry bush you know or wailing down a kale field or you know you know pulling up carrots and munching on them you know that's not to say dogs don't eat grass every now and then that's that is the case and that's normal but you know we, we we've humanized dogs to the point where we want to humanize the food mm -hmm. and that doesn't always translate to a really healthy dog so that makes sense um one other question that they had two two of the guys they have older <laughs> older hunting dogs um but two of them have puppies so one thing that they were curious about is at what point um i ha i had read it was like um after like five six weeks something like that you would start them on the puppy food but at what point would you take them off of the puppy food number one and then number two, what's the, the biggest difference in the puppy food versus like your active formula or power formula? Is it just like the size of the food? Is it, um, if you could just elaborate on that. Okay. Um, so the, the puppy food, yeah, as soon as you can start softening, they're starting to wean off the mom, you can switch them to the puppy food. Um, it is a smaller kibble. It's a, like a pea size kibble compared to the regular kibble. So it is a little bit smaller, so a little bit easier for the dogs to eat it. So for your larger breed dogs, you want to slow down the amount of protein and the fat um, so that the dogs aren't growing at a rate that kind of outgrows their joints. Hmm. Um, so you want to try to slow that down or, or let that come in a more proportionate way so everything kind of stays lined up. Um, so we run a 28% a protein and a 15% fat um, in a smaller kibble. And kind of one of the things that's kind of a little bit more in there is where there's a little bit of omega-3s and omega-6s, um, which which help the ability for that dog, you know, that mental growth, the brain development, um, and that kind of stuff. And actually, we suggest for, like, senior dogs, it's not on the bag, it says puppy food, but for senior dogs, the same things that benefit the puppy also benefit a dog, let's say, that's in its 12, 13, 14 years old, it's lost some teeth, um, declining, you know, in its mental capacity, a lot of times you can switch to the puppy food and kind of stabilize some of that decline and the kibble's a little bit smaller and they can chew it a little bit easier. But um, usually you want to run that run that dog food out, you know, at least till the nine month mark. Okay. Um, you know, it's kind of it, it can fluctuate a little bit, but nine to 12 months, you're probably you're good to switch over to the 30K product. You know, most of that growth in the dog is done, you know, obviously between eight weeks and you know, that, that, that first year specifically. Um, and by the time then there's enough development in the soft tissues in the joints that, you know, they're not, they're not going to be any harm for putting a higher protein protein on the, on the dog. Okay. That makes sense. I, yeah, I learned a lot there. I didn't even think about that. Um, I have one more question and then Nate was going to get into one more topic and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, one, I forgot to write down that, um, uh, one of, uh, my friends asked me to ask you was so last year he had a hard time putting weight on his dog during the season off season he was fine during the season it was he, he had a problem um now that we're about to come up on the season but we're not quite there yet as far as bird dog season 
Um, would you would you suggest going if he does make the switch over to kinetic? Would you suggest going straight to like the ultra formula or the power formula? What would be your suggestion for him? So there's this is actually a cool question because this, I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the unique things that kinetic does, and we may be the only company that does it, is every one of our we only have four SKUs. So the the 26. So the number represents the amount of protein. So the 26K, which is 2616, the 28 puppy food is 2815, 30% protein, 20% is our next one, and then 3224, which is our ultra. All four of those SKUs are made from the exact same ingredients. Um, so what we did that for was for the hunting guy, just the gentleman that you're talking about. He can be in the off-season and run the 26, um, back the dog down. He wants to keep feeding it the same amount. Um, he doesn't want the dog to put on weight. He's kenneled up most of the time. Um, very little, you know, extraneous activities, maybe getting out and running a little bit, playing, but there's not, you know, I'm putting the work on him. He'll do fine on the 26. Okay. You're starting to ramp up your hunting. You're getting in the, you're getting into a little bit more training. You're getting the dog conditioned. Maybe you're roading that dog and you're burning a lot more calories. You can switch just, you just from go from 26 right to 30 in the next feeding and you don't have to blend food. You don't have to do any, any kind of, Jumping through hoops, you just change the food to, to the to the to the calorie intake that really can help that dog, you know, keep weight. For your this specific case, I'm I'm always you really have to watch the 32k. Um, it really demands a very particular feeder because of the high protein. Back to the the amount of meat-based protein and amount of that protein that's digestible. You really don't. You really got to watch how you feed it. I mean, literally a quarter of a cup can be the difference in a dog with loose stools or a dog with, you know, overweight. Okay. Obviously, overweight is easy to fix. He's putting on weight. You can back it down. Um, but there's some environments and some places that where you got a handler that um, really is, is diligent in the way he feeds. Um, the 32 is a great product. Um, it, it'll raise it'll raise everything, their, their performance, their energy, um, their endurance. You know, you can get those a little bit, get there a little bit quicker. If you're, you know, you start at zero as far as conditioning and you start working a dog up to hunting form, you know, you can get there a little bit quicker with that, with the 32, but it, it is, um, it's one that really has to be fed appropriately and, you know, back to less is best. Um, that's usually the case with that product for sure. Um, okay. but if you're, if you're saying he's got a hard weight, I would start that dog on a 30, 30% protein and I would watch him there. And if you're having to add food, say, if this is a regular bird dog, a GSP or an English pointer or an English setter, his, a his, beagle, yeah, anywhere his in that setter. world, in that, yeah, in that 45 to 55 pounds, I mean, that dog should be anywhere from three, three, three cups to four cups. Okay. Um, and if you're feeding five, five and a half, six cups of food, um, then you're, you're, you, 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 you may need to go up in the formula, but, you know, pace, you know, depending on that, if you're working on that hard. Um, but most of the time you, you put, put your dogs on, um, on our 30 K and I feed the 30 K year round. Um, my male dog, he's right at 52 pounds, fluctuates a little bit back and forth. He looks amazing and he's getting like three and a quarter cups of food a day. Um, when I go to hunting season, I'm running them and we're putting all those miles that I talked about. He may, he'll go to four cups, sometimes four and a quarter, um, but most of the time it's just four cups of food and he's, he, you know, he, 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 he leans down, you, you've got that bird dog look in the middle of hunting season. Um, but he, he looks, he looks tremendous. And the other thing that you get when you put this amount of protein, the right kind of protein in a dog, you'll start having dogs look like bodybuilders. I mean, you'll see muscle growth in the hind quarters and that those back straps that run down the back when you start running, I mean, that things will bulge up by like, What's going on with them? I mean, they look, I mean, they look amazing. Um, so, you know, just like a weightlifter, they eat, eat the right kind of protein to build their muscle. In the same way with this dog food, when you, when you start working these dogs and condition them, you're not just going to get them in shape. You're not just going to give them endurance, but you're going to put muscles on them um, that help with injuries, less injuries. You know, you got, you know, you put strength and conditioning in a leg. You're going to support that knee a whole lot better, the agility of that dog a lot better, and uh, so. 
Absolutely. I think I kind of went around the question, but no, you're good. That's good. Uh, and that was my next, uh, I was going to go to the supplements and then I was looking here at the mass 34 K, you know, is that something maybe you kind of put on your dog's diet as far as, you know, maybe in season or anything like that? So out of our three supplements, that is my favorite. Um, obviously I have no problem with weight in my kennel, but mm-hmm. even now about every 14 days or, or whenever I think about it, I just give them a half a scoop on their food and they absolutely love it. I mean, it, it's like the Plinko game on the Price is Right. You'll hear them bowls tinging all over the bottom <laughs> rail of the kennel. Ting, 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 ting. I mean, they lick the bowl bananas. I mean, if you've got that little dog food ring around your bowl, you can put that in there and they'll lick it clean. I mean, they, they love it. Um, so, so it really helps with they love it. But in the hunting season, I don't want to add a bunch of kibble, especially when I'm, you know, I'm putting these dogs so hard. Yeah. And, you know, the dog under stress sometimes, especially the amount of work, may, may not be like my chubby dog, he'll eat anything. But my little female dog, sometimes she's just not an eager eater. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can put that little bit of supplement fat on there. One, I don't have to add extra kibble. I can add a little bit of the fat and keeps their weight during this peak time of that we're working the heck out of them. And uh, that that fat is, is a fish fat. It's 34% fat, very digestible. So it turns right to energy. They apply it. It's just another booster in their, in their gas tank. Um, and they're not, they're burning good calories. So it's a great topper in the middle of the hunting season. So you don't have to bulk them up on a bunch of kibble. Um, you could put that on top of the food, you know, two or three times a week. If you're hunting two or three, four days in a row, I would apply it every night and then you don't have to you know, quit hunting, you know, pull it off of them. Okay. I'm, um, defi- but in the, I'm definitely but, buying that. Now, now that I think about it, the way you just said it, where I can maybe give them a little less kibble and, and give them a little bit more of that during the actual season. Like I'm definitely yeah. doing that. Yeah. It really helps us stabilize their weight under that, under that massive amount of work that we're putting them under. So, and it's a good thing. Like I said, I do like I'm at three and three and a quarter, three and a half cups, maybe my, my male dog, but you know, he goes to four cups, you know, sometimes four and a quarter, but I'm not having to put five cups of food in his bowl to keep his weight up when he's running, you know, 25 miles a day. Yeah. I can add that food every that 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 fat supplement to his food every night. Um, the other supplement that I use, um, equal, not equally as much, but I use it definitely in the hunting season is the hydro. Um, and you know, guys out there, listen, hydration is one of the most important things outside of you know the nutritional profile that we can kind of be paying attention to. Um, you know, the dogs need water; they've got to stay hydrated. They need that water to, you know, keep those muscles going and to keep that, you know, keep that blood flowing in the right direction in, in, in the muscle parts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hydration is a big part of that. I mean, you take hydration out in, in a dog, you restrict the muscle's ability to, to get um, proper nutrients and blood flow and you get cramps and, and you get a lot of issues, you get soreness. Um, so really make sure that you're hydrating these dogs and some dogs need a little encouragement. And what we found with the hydros is, it gives you the minerals. It gives you the electrolytes. It's got some dextrose in it to help give you that in the middle of a hunt boost. It, it, it's everything the dog is burning off. It helps replace it. And it, um, it, it encourages them to drink and drink in the right amounts. So, um, it's a good pre-workout, pre-hunt, you know, um, product. It's definitely, I keep it in my bird vest. I got in a squirt bottle in my bird vest. And I water my dogs, you know, if we're on an hour and 15 minute hunt, they may come three or four times during that hunt to water up. And, uh, I keep that on me and I just squirt it right in their mouth and I keep them hydrated on the hunt. And I know they're not just getting water. They're getting all of the stuff that they lost, um, throughout the hunt. And then, um, when I get back to the truck, I give it to them as a post post watering and I leave it in there, put it in a water bowl and leave it in the kennel with them as I'm pulling the other dogs out. So they're, they're, they're constantly keeping that hydration going for, cause that dog may be getting out in the, tr- out of the truck in another two hours. So I want him to be, to be back. So that one really helps with recovery. It helps with during hunt, mm-hmm. um, no lag or no letdown. It'll keep that dog kind of pushing and going. And then what I don't use during that hunt, I put on their food at night, which is another, it's protein, it's electrolytes. Yeah. It's got all the benefits in it and I'm hydrating them while they're eating. And so it's just, it's a multi-layer uh, product when you use it throughout the entire aspect of your hunting or your training. It, it really gives uh, the dogs the ability to really work at their peak as well and to recover 
and just to keep them up. But, you know, make sure you're, you're working your dogs and you're hydrating them along the way because, um, you, you just won't believe the, the, the letdown that you get, um, because of the, 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 the muscles inability to, to stay up and to keep going, you know? Yeah. It's like a win-win, especially when you're being able to hydrate them and when you're feeding them at like the end of the day or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that product is bovine plasma. And I share this with folks. I've had a, a, a big field trial guy tell me, he's like, Hey, I left that in the roading tank for like two days and ew, it was a bad, pretty bad deal, but <laughs> mix it up and mix it up in like, um, 32 ounce. I got a 32 ounce squirt bottle, one scoop to that, shake it up, okay. ready to go. But what, like I said, if you leave it overnight or look, uh, the next day in the heat, if it's cold outside, it'll go a couple days, especially some guys up in the north in the real cold, cold, and that's not going to spoil. But if you're hunting in Texas or Florida or you're down south and you're working dogs, um, you want to go ahead and use it up or, or get rid of it. And I hate dumping a great product on the on the ground, so that's why I hydrate them with it. You just put it on their food, and they're getting the benefits of it. But it, it'll, it'll get kind of nasty if you leave it in the heat too long. So use it up. Okay. Well, Eric, we we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I I knew that I learned. I thought I was well versed in this, but I learned a lot in this episode, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. I didn't realize we had basically a, a scientist coming on, or I would have brushed up a little bit more on my nutrition knowledge. But uh, we definitely we definitely uh, appreciate you coming on, and again, that was uh, Eric Bird with Kinetic. He's a national channel manager with a focus on law enforcement officers and bird dogs. Guys, I appreciate it. You know, in um, nutrition is such a, you know, it's just such a huge part of our canines lives. And to be honest with you, I get, I get veterinarians that come all the time and kind of with your same, the same uh, experience that you had and said, we didn't realize, you know, we don't get that much training on it. You know, we don't get that. We don't have that much knowledge and not that I know all the ins and outs, um, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, I don't know if you'll put my contact information out there, but I'm definitely open. But the yeah, owner of our... If you want to go ahead and uh, tell them how you, they can get a hold of you um, or any other plugs like that, we'll put it in the description as well. But if you want to go ahead and tell them now, that would uh, be good. Yeah, so my email is eric, E-R-I-C, B as in boy, at kineticdogfood.com. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-C dogfood.com. And... um. I got one phone number and I answered if you call. So that's 850-838-7971. And, um, you know, we, we do a lot with, and we help a lot of dogs and we feed dogs all over the world. And, uh, you know, like I said, if your dog's having some trouble or you see some issues, um, allergy wise, or just lack of performance, you know, give it a try. And I, I think you'll be you know pleasantly surprised in the, the life-changing experience your dog can, can experience. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and giving us your time and uh, educating us and, you know, our listeners as well. We really appreciate it. Well, Matt and Nate, uh, I really appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you for this opportunity, man. I really, I really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys on the field. We need to get, get a hunt. All right. That get sounds guys, great. Get you guys down to Florida and get some wild quail on you. That's there you right. go. That's right. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated on our progress with the dogs and the uh, the new connect that we uh, switched over to. So thanks, Eric. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.